0: Sit. I will sit. I will sit. I will sit. I will sit in the chair of change. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you're here with us this morning. It's been an exciting weekend here at Vertical. We had our men's event Friday night and Saturday and had uh, almost 60 men here uh, eating some great barbecue together. That was a good start. We uh, had some fun activities together, some awesome worship together. Didn't you love hearing the men sing this morning? Yeah, man. Yes? Yeah, that's good. And uh, we looked into God's word. We heard some stories from some men that were very vulnerable. It's not an easy thing for a man to do, but that happened here this weekend, and the Spirit of God changed us all. I believe we will all be different. Our church will be different because of what happened this past weekend. I want you to see just a snippet of what that was like. Watch this video. can't wait for the next one and uh we're already looking forward to that it's uh it's fascinating i always love to see where god is working and how he's working and it seems that recently that in our men he's pouring out his spirit there's something fresh happening uh families i think you're going to see a difference for those men that were here this past week um from the men that have been at the men's breakfast lately, uh, we're going through a series called um, Mapping the Mystery to the Marvelous Heart of a Woman. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we've been, uh, we've been taking a, some paths that we don't normally take, attempting to understand some mysteries that I'm not sure we'll ever understand. And God is meeting us there and He's showing us things. And here's what excites me I'm hearing from some of the women who say, I don't know what y'all are doing there, but my husband's different. Thank you, God. God. Amen? Amen. Yes, amen. So um, there's a women's Bible study on Wednesday mornings and they're going through something similar. Or they're understanding, they're attempting to understand men a little bit better. And I hear some conversations that come out of that. And what I hear is not just from the women, but I'm hearing from some of the men say, you know what? My wife's been different lately. I say, thank you, God. (laughs) Amen? For both. I love that. That men are changing. Women are changing. They're not staying who they were. They're not just sitting in the chair of, well, this is the way it's always going to be, and it's the way I'm always going to be, and that's it. No, they're they're adopting a life that is what ought to be the life for a disciple of Jesus Christ. One who is always changing. That's really our or calling, you know, if we're going to be a disciple, then that means you follow, you learn and you change things about you. Don't stay the same. The way you thought, the way you act, the way you relate, all of that changes. You don't lock down in the way you learned it back then. And that's the way it's always been. I'm not changing. No, you say, God, I am, I am yours. And you're doing the work. You are actively engaged in the process of changing me into the image of Jesus Christ. That's what the New Testament says. And I, I submit in that process. I surrender in that process. I don't say, no. I don't say, I ain't going to do it. I say, God, what you have, I will do. There's a, there's a frightening verse. Um, in the Old Testament. It says that stubbornness is the same as the sin of idolatry. None of us want to be accused of being idol worshipers, right? You know, setting up something in our house or bowing down to it and worshiping it and offering an idol i mean offering sacrifice to the idol and thinking it has power in and of itself to change our life and you know we owe it something none of us want to do that but stubbornness is a lot like that it sets me up as the one to be worshiped and says i have to do what me wants i have to do what me likes And everybody else has to bow down to me. I refuse to change. That should never be named among us as followers of Jesus Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ. So that's why we're in this series, Change Me, to put us in a place that willingly says, God, I've sat before in the seat of stubbornness. I've sat before in the seat of resistance. I've, I've sat in the seat of blame. I've sat in the seat of poor me. None of those really got me anywhere. I come to sit in the chair of change. So I'm excited when I hear God changing us. Part of the way that God changes us is through um, <clears throat> seasons in our life. If you live in Texas, it's hard to get a grasp on when the season's coming, when they go, right? 80 degrees this week. Which season is that? You know, went spring or springer or what is this? You know, it's, it's weird. And that's just the way it is. But I'll take this over minus 65 any day. Amen. That's why we're all here. Right. And not in, yeah, any of those other states. So, but God works through seasons. That's why he gave us the seasons to be a picture to us of how he works in our lives. Right. So there's summer seasons. There are times you just live in the joy of what has come in spring. You live it in the, the enjoyment of the day. It's warm. It's enjoyable. It's vacation. It's the fruit, It's awesome. But life's not always summer because after summer comes fall in the fall. The leaves change. The leaves Fall. Things change. What once was and what provided in the last season goes away. God works in seasons in our life. Things we once depended upon, He changes and He removes and it falls away. But then comes the winter. It's the cold, the harsh months. And did you know that it's in the winter that pruning happens? Yeah, if you look around town, you'll notice the crepe myrtles are being trimmed. Just take a look next time you're out at a shopping center in the area that's got some crepe myrtles. Someone's cut the tops off of them in the winter. Because that's what you do. You prune once a year. If you want to have more growth than you had before, you prune. You remove the last season's growth. They aren't mad at the crepe myrtles. They aren't saying, you terrible crepe myrtles. (sighs) They were beautiful last season. But you can't rely on last season's growth to carry you into the next season of life. So God prunes us. He cuts us so that there might be more growth, more beauty. And it happens in the winter. And you don't get stuck there and say, this is horrible. Life is terrible. It's always going to be like this. No. Pruning just means that the the wise master gardener knows that there's a new season coming. Something new is coming. And so you don't resist the pruning. You don't react against the pruning. You submit to it, and you allow him to do his work. Because soon comes the spring, and in the spring... There's new life, there's new buds, there's new growth, there's new leaves, there's new fruit that you had not seen before. It's all brand new. And so you don't get stuck in the summer, you don't get stuck in the fall, you don't get stuck in the winter because you know there's a new season coming. That's our message title today. There's a new season coming. Are you looking for something new in your life? I am. Are you tired of kind of where you are right now? Yeah, I am. I'm ready for something new. Oh, don't worry, there's a new season coming. We're in John chapter 15. Turn your Bibles there. We've been there for a few weeks. We're camping out there. We're looking at a passage where Jesus talks about a vine and a vineyard and a, a vine dresser. And uh, we've been looking at one verse at a time. We've been drilling down deep into it. So uh, let's see if we, can, um, if we can quote what we've been through so far. I challenge you in the beginning to memorize the passage. So let's just, those of you that know it. Try it with me. If you don't know it all, you can still try it and we'll just, we'll see if we can walk through this. So it starts in verse one and uh, Jesus said, uh, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. very good vine dresser. Uh, verse two says every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But we understood that to mean he lifts up. And every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes, prunes, that it may bear more fruit. fruit. Okay, so so far he talked about fruit, and then the pruning happens so there can be more fruit. Uh, Verse 3 says, uh, you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Uh, Important. And then last week. Abide in me, and I in you. What's the next word? I'm going to have to look for the next. As, As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Ooh, man. Great truths so far. And now we're on to a new verse. We're into verse 5 in the passage, and here is what Jesus says. And let me, let me just give you context again. Jesus is in between the upper room where he's washed feet, had the last supper, we call it, and he is on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. The disciples are about to go through a pruning that beyond anything they've ever been through before. They're about to hurt They're about to lose. They're about to suffer. But it's only because there's a new season coming. So on the way, Jesus is talking, and these are the things that he says to them. So here in verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Oh, so we talked about fruit. There's pruning, then there's more fruit then today it's much fruit. Interesting. He says, for without me, you can do nothing nothing. So let's, let's do what we've been doing for the past several weeks. Let's take the verse apart and see what it has to say. The first thing he says here, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. In other words, let me get some things straight here, guys. And just so you know, let me get some order established here. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, I've told you that, and I'll tell you again, you got to reverse your Texas thinking. Here we think of branch on a tree and a vine wraps around it. That's not what happens here. Jesus is talking about a vineyard. And so in a, in a, in a great vineyard, what What comes up out of the ground is the vine. It's the main vine. That's why Jesus said, I am the true vine. And he says, what comes off of the vine are the branches. It's opposite of our Texas think. All right. So the vine carries the life that comes from the soil and the branches are the small, long pieces that come off of the main vine. And it's where the fruit is produced. So when the grapes grow, they're growing off of the branches, right? And the branches get their life from the vine. So Jesus establishes some order there. In other words, he says, let me, let, me just, let me get this straight, guys. Let me just make sure you understand, I am the vine. I'm the one that goes down into the soil. I'm the one that has life in it. You are the branches, You are attached to me, and you are the ones who will bear some fruit. You are the one that the vine dresser will prune at times so that there can be more fruit. And let's be clear about what the fruit is. Fruit. When Jesus talked about fruit, when the New Testament talked about fruit, it was talking about something that is produced in us, And from us, that can't come from within us. The branch had nothing in itself that could produce fruit. It had to get it from being attached to the vine. The fruit is what comes from staying attached to the vine. Season in, season out. Winter, spring, summer, fall, winter, spring, summer, Fall, He just keeps abiding in the vine because that's where the life is. And the fruit is produced. He can't do it on its own. It comes only from the vine. So in the New Testament, it talks about the fruit of the spirit, the fruit that is the evidence of God in you. And here he tells us what it is in Galatians. He says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's right. Those are the evidences of the spirit being in you. And those are not things that you can produce on your own. Love is not something you were born with. You might have an emotional experience every once in a while that makes you feel affectionate towards someone. We call that love. But real love lays down its life for someone. Real love sacrifices for someone. Real love sometimes costs you. Real love always costs you. That is not natural to me and you. To give up my rights for someone else. To do what's best for them and not for me. But that's love. That's fruit that only comes from being in the spirit of God. Amen? Amen. Joy. Joy. Oh, yeah, I've had some happy times. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you go through a most disastrous trial in your life and things are absolutely terrible. In the midst of that, you have this confident joy deep inside that God is working all things together for his good. That's joy. You don't get that in and of yourself. You get that from being attached to the vine, season in, season out, season in, season out. Peace. You don't have peace in and of yourself. Well, no. I I mean, I I know how to drink a good cup of coffee and sit out on my back porch. Mm -mm, That's not peace. It feels like peace, but real peace shows up when you are in the midst of the most catastrophic storm in your life, but you have this settled peace that God is with you. Now we're talking about fruit, and I'm telling you, it doesn't come from within you. The Bible talks about some other things that are fruit. Uh, There's the fruit of repentance. Hmm. There's change that comes along. I don't like change in my natural self. Hello? Anybody with me on that one? I don't don't like that. I like to do my thing. I like to keep doing my thing. I like like for nobody to interrupt my thing, right? Don't tell me I need to change. The Spirit of God comes along and he convicts, points out, and says, I'm going to do some changing in you. And the fruit is that you do. You do. That all of a sudden you're not like you were anymore. Habits change. Attitudes change. Perspectives change. The way you relate change. uh, The words out of your mouth change. This is the kind of fruit he's talking about here, and you only get that by being in the vine. Reconciliation in relationships. Restoration when there's been brokenness. Forgiveness. All of that is fruit, and that is not from us. It only comes from being in the vine. So Jesus makes this clear. I am the vine. You are the branches. This is clear. Okay. He establishes the order. Don't think you can run your life. Don't think you're in charge. Don't think you don't need me. Don't think you got a good burst of energy at some event you had and now you can make it for a while. No, you need me all the time. Every bit of your life needs me all the time. The next part of the verse, however, he says, he who abides in me and I in him. In other words, he's setting up a condition. He's setting up something. He says, let me get this clear now. I told you who I am. You know who you are. But here's your role. Your role is to keep abiding. Abiding means to remain, stay, Rest, not change, not walk away. So we've got this beautiful metaphor that Jesus is giving us here. It's a, a vine that comes up out of the ground like, like you walk to the vineyard and you see this thick vine coming up off the ground and it spreads out along the trellis or fence and off of the vine are these branches. And Jesus is painting this beautiful metaphor, vine, branches, fruit the vine dresser who comes along to prune periodically. But this is a metaphor with a bit of a twist. Jesus introduces a little bit of a twist in this picture here. Because what he says is it's possible for the branch in this story to have a will of its own. It's like this branch has some life, it has it in the vine, but it actually has a possibility of saying, you know what? I'm just tired of this whole vine thing. I just think I could do this better on my own. And as though the branch could say, I'm going to be free from that. I am going to get off of that. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go. I'm about to go to work and I need to detach for a while. I don't want to take all this Jesus with me to work. I want to just be me for a little bit. Or, you know, I got to have some, I got to have some me time. I just need to detach a little bit from the vine and go do what I want to do. I got to, I got to make myself feel better. I got to get something that'll calm me down a little bit. I got to detach from the vine because I, I just need to do what I need to do for a little while. This is the story that Jesus is talking about here, a metaphor with a twist, a picture with a little bit of animation to it, the ability for the branch to have a will of its own and choose to not abide. Hmm. Kind of changes the picture here a little bit, doesn't it? This branch has this ability in the metaphor to pull away, to say, no, thank you, uh, I'm checking out right now. I'll, I'll be back a little later, okay? I, yeah, I, I'll, catch, I'll catch up with you, Mr. Vine. Yeah, I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah? Uh, I, it's been a great, man. I, whew, it's been good. I love singing about you. It's been great being with other people like you, all the other branches. Cool. Uh, I'll be back. And off we go to live life without the vine. And Jesus says, this is a metaphor with a twist, because... You can choose to abide, you can choose to detach. And Jesus says here, there's something that's coming for the one who abides in me, who remains with me, who is allowing me to be in him. He says he, he abides with me, he, he stays with me. He, he stays with me every season. He stays with me when it's cold. He stays with me when it's dark. He stays with me when it's the barren time. He stays with me when it's the pruning time. He stays with me in the springtime. He stays with me in the summer. Well, oh, He stays with me all the time. This is what it means to abide. I stay, and I stay in season, out of season. I just keep resting there. I just keep remaining there. I just keep depending upon Him there. He keeps abiding. He abides in me and I in him. He allows the vine into every part of his life. One of the things we did this weekend for the men is uh, we had some giveaways. So uh, the guys had a chance to win, you know, had a drawing at the end, some cool grill sets, and uh, we even gave away some Home Depot gift cards. And uh, ladies, if your husband won this, I hope he told you this, but we gave away some Texas Day Brazil <laughs> gift cards as well. So hopefully, guys, you told your wife, you got that. Maybe it's a surprise. article. I'm going to blow that for you. I won't call it any names. So, but another thing we gave away was this, this cool, like toolbox gadget box thing. You know, it was hard plastic. It was clear on the front and on the inside it had compartments. Movable compartments. You could take them out, and they were different sizes so that you could put, you know, nails in one and screws in one, bolts in one, hooks in one. You could put all kind of stuff in there, and you could compartmentalize them. You could separate them out. It's, that's the kind of stuff guys like, right? All, all the guys said, ugh. Yeah. 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 Some of those things you like. Yeah, I can store stuff in there. Give me me two or three of those. So we gave one of those away. But it made for a great illustration because not only do guys like that in their workroom, if guys aren't careful, they'll try to live their life like that. They'll try to compartmentalize everything. They'll put work as one compartment. That's a pretty big one. I'll use that big compartment for work. Yeah. And then uh, I got this other small compartment over here. Yeah, I got, you know... um, I'll just use that as my marriage. Don't tell anybody, but I'm going to let that be my compartment for marriage. i got another big one in there. I think I'll, yeah, that should be a good one for my hobbies. Yeah, I like to hunt and fish and this stuff and that stuff. I'm just going to do that. I'll put that other. And then, you know, I better leave one of those compartments for God. I've got to have him in there too, you know. And then the man's just made a fatal mistake. He's just put God into one of the other areas that's the same as all the other areas. And he's isolated him from his marriage, from his work, from his hobbies, from his personal life. And Jesus comes along in this and says, look, I have come so that you can abide in me and I in you in every area of your life. It's not about compartmentalizing anymore. It's about giving me the whole box and letting me be in every compartment in your life. Amen? Amen. That's what God calls us to, and that's what our men discussed and worked through and processed through and committed to this week. So Jesus is setting this up here. He says, he who abides in me and I in him. The one who's doing this, the one who does this in season, out of season. In season, out of season. No compartments, no separate areas. God's not a portion of my life. He is my life. He's in every area of my life. The one who does that, the one who knows, he is the vine. We are the branch. We abide in him and I in him. Jesus says, here's what happens. This person bears much Fruit, mm, much fruit, a lot of fruit. It's interesting that Jesus kind of told the story this way. He, those who bear fruit, he prunes, so that they can bear more fruit. And then he moves us over into this next category of much fruit. It's like there's three categories: there's those who bear fruit, those who bear more fruit, and then those who bear much fruit. And Jesus is painting this picture here. And I just imagine these disciples who were young and walking with him and didn't have all the experience that they were going to have yet. And and Jesus is telling this story, and it's about their life, and it's about us. And I thought, you know, maybe to help us today, because I don't know that we have any vineyard owners here in the room. I don't know that any of us are real vineyard people. It might help if we had another visual this morning. So uh, I picked up a, a grapevine this past week. A real one. A real grapevine. Now, it's a young one. So don't laugh at it when he comes out. All right? I'm serious because you're going to look at him and you're going to say, You say, what? Did you just put a stick in the ground? That? You're telling me that is a grapevine? It is. I promise you. I got the tag that proves it. (laughs) I would need a tag because right now this doesn't look like much. Hello? Now, let's just point out a couple of things here. You have got this main part right here. This is the vine. It's young, but this is the main vine for this grape vine. These little pieces here and here are the branches. Just let that soak in for just a moment. This is a branch, this is a branch, this is the vine. This branch becomes pretty obvious now, can do nothing in and of itself without the vine. This is nothing. This is nothing. And right up here is even a smaller nothing that you probably can't even see. But these nothings are attached to something and in some time, they are going to do something. Amen? But right now, you would look at it and think, dude, that's a stick. (laughs) That's nothing. How can that be something when it looks like nothing? Have you ever felt like you were nothing? Have you ever felt like, I don't see how I could be something. I feel like I'm a stick. I feel like, I mean, I don't have any leaves even. I don't have anything about me that would tell you I'm part of the vine. But what this and this have is right here. It is attached to the vine. And what this has is that. What this has Is that. And when this takes out his mirror and looks at himself, if he looks at just this, he's going to come up short. He's got to adjust the mirror to remember whose he is. If this took his cell phone out to take a snap of himself, Because he wanted to post a picture on some social media and say, here I am. He'd take that picture and say, I'm not posting that. I look absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) He'd be right. But what this and this have to remember, there's another season coming. There's something coming that I know it's hard for you to see right now because you're looking at where you are and you can't see what's coming out here. You're about to come into a season real soon and there's going to be some growth that's going to happen. And you can't tell that right now. And you say, well, of course I can't. All I know is last season I was out to here. And suddenly, the vine dresser came along and just just cut away everything I had. Everything I had done. What I had worked for. He took away what I was. He started changing me. I looked like this with leaves. And he, he proved me. And now I look like this. And I even had some fruit at the time. It wasn't much, but boy, I had got me some fruit. I had it. But that's what a vine dresser does. He says that when we bear some fruit, it becomes the indicator of time to prune. I had some fruit come along it was good fruit but then he cut he pruned and now I'm in an awkward place you know it's kind of a funny thing if you if you were this branch and then you heard the vine dresser say hey one day you're gonna bear some fruit one day you're gonna bear some grapes And they're going to be filled with life and enjoyment for others. You know you're not made for yourself, right? You were made for others. That's why the fruit is there. You're not having peace, love, and joy in your life so that you can say, oh, it feels so good to have fruit. No. You have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life for others. So they can see the glory of the vine, right? Right? But can you imagine being this branch and looking at this and saying, wait a minute. This is supposed to come from this? How in the world? I can't imagine squeezing that through my little body right now. Right? How is, how is a, a clump of this supposed to come from that? And if the branch just looked at himself, he would think, I could never do that. You're right. Not in yourself, but in the vine. Yep. And in your abiding right here, this attachment. Don't break off. Don't run away. Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't, don't get upset with the vine or the vine dresser. This is coming. Don't react. But we could sometimes say, I mean, I hear that I'm supposed to love even my enemies. But it just feels so difficult. I'm not sure I could squeeze that out of my life. I hear you. This would have never thought he could squeeze this out of his life. Well, I'm just not sure I could love my spouse like I'm supposed to. You know what? You don't have that ability in and of yourself. But abiding in the vine, you have all the possibilities and power and strength to produce what you don't have right now. You don't have it right now. It's the winter, it's the season of pruning and branch you're going to bear some fruit. But here's the deal, you're going to have to wait. There's a new season coming. Amen. And God is working to produce much fruit. Much fruit. Fruit that you can't even imagine right now. Fruit that you 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 don't even understand what's ahead for you. You think you're so small and insignificant. It's because you're looking at yourself. You got to move on. You got to stay attached. You got to know that this and more is coming. So, what do you do whenever you hear a promise from God? That in the moment seems really difficult. It seems like almost impossible. What do you do in that moment? What do you do when God says, I'm going to do this while you still look like this? How do you respond? How do you respond in that moment? Do you say... No, that's ridiculous. I am not gonna do that. There, there's no way. Do you make yourself the final judge? Do you make yourself the authority? Do you say, no, God, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna change. I'm not gonna I, and then the last time I trusted, you came and cut up my life. I'm not gonna do that. I refuse to change God. I'm not gonna do it. Do you put yourself in that stubborn idol worshiping spot of worshiping yourself and making yourself the judge? Much fruit only comes from those who will stay attached and wait, knowing there's another season coming. Much fruit comes when you keep abiding, you keep staying, you keep trusting, you keep weathering the hard times, you keep going through the difficult times, and in the midst of all that, God starts bringing fruit. And you say, well, I sure didn't know I was going to be able to do that. I didn't know I was going to be able to have that much patience in my life for my spouse. I didn't know I was going to be able to have that much forgiveness for that person that hurt me. That's because it wasn't ever meant to be from you. It was meant to be from abiding in the one who can do that. And all of a sudden you were bearing fruit and he pruned you. And then you started bearing more fruit. You started trusting him. You started giving every ear of your life over to him. And all of a sudden, you started having love for other people that you didn't have before. You felt it. You felt the change start happening. You started having peace that you didn't have before. And there began to be more fruit. That fruit got away. You're like, well, wait a minute. I remember when I was just a stick. And God started doing stuff in my life. Yeah. It's because you trusted Him. It's because you gave over to Him. It's because you stopped being stubborn and resistant. It's because you stopped isolating yourself. It's because you started getting involved. It's because you started submitting. It's because you started opening your life and God began to work. And you got fruit and you got more fruit. And pretty soon, you had more fruit coming out of your life than you realized. You started seeing people in your life start to change. You've been praying for them, you had been waiting, and all of a sudden, you got word that they wanted to talk to you. You got word that they had a question. You got word that they wanted to know where this fruit came from. They, got, they wanted to know how they can change like that. And more fruit started happening. And then you found out that they actually came to know Jesus Christ. And then you found out that a friend of yours that you'd been crossed with for some time, they wanted to reconcile and then you went through a trial that you hadn't planned on. You sure didn't want to have come into your life, but God started working some things in your life and you had peace in the midst of it and you, you were able to change in the midst of it. You started becoming someone you hadn't been before and he just started producing fruit in your life. I mean, fruit and more fruit and much fruit. I think, really? That? From that, it will when it keeps abiding. So, when God gives you a promise, when God gives you fruit, just that's what happens. Fruit doesn't want to stay close, it gets out there and gets gone (laughs) in people's lives. It's supposed to. I'm sure those disciples that night felt like this. They're walking into the garden, and soldiers are coming. Judas is walking up. Jesus is arrested, and they must have felt like that. God, you just, you just undid everything we were planning on. You just took away our Lord from our life. You just removed what we were trusting in. I can almost just imagine Jesus saying, Fellas, I tried to tell you on the way here. There's pruning that happens. But boys, what you don't know right now about where you are in the garden is there's going to be something written. It's going to be called the book of Acts. And boys, you are going to be the leaders of something brand new called the church. Boys, you are going to be filled with the Spirit of God. You're going to stand up. You're going to speak. You're going to lead. And people are going to come to know Jesus Christ in waves. People are going to be changed from all over the world. There's fruit coming beyond what you can imagine, even though you just feel like a stick right now. So when God starts speaking to you, when he starts putting things in your heart for your marriage and your family and your job and your career and your life and overcoming a habit and doing something you've never done before and, and fulfilling his purposes and getting involved in ministry and being involved with other people and maybe teaching and leading and serving and God starts putting that all in your heart, he's putting it there. He's saying to you, I'm going to produce much fruit through you. In that moment... When that happens, when God starts speaking to you, don't resist what he says. Don't say, no way, God, I'm only a stick. Quit looking at yourself and start looking at the vine. He's got the life in him to produce this in you. That's what happens. Amen. Amen. It just feels so awkward, though, from here to here. Exactly. Don't be afraid to step off into awkward. Don't be afraid to step off into something you've never done before. Amen, guys? Just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you can't do it. That is the essence of faith. Doing something that's awkward here but I have great confidence in there. I don't see the connection between that and this, but I trust the one who said, who gave me the promise, I will bear much fruit. He promised it, not me. He said it. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit because you trust in him. You're going to see things change in your life because you abide in him. You're going to see family members change because you abide in him. You're going to see things happen in your life, in your church, in your ministry, in every area of your life if you keep abiding in him. This is coming. Amen? Amen. Don't doubt it. Don't resist it. Don't refuse it. Be at the place. Where you say, God, I'm willing. I will change. So let's just stop, take a personal look this morning as we wrap up. When you stop and look at your life and you see the promise God makes for you, what do you see ahead? When God says, I'm going to do a work in your life, do you say, no, there's too much, too much trouble ahead. That's not faith. When God says, I'm about to do something big, and you say, yeah, that's just, that's just too much, too weird, that's not faith. When God says, I'm about to produce some fruit in your life that you can't even imagine, and you look out at your life and you just see blank out there, that's not faith. I stay attached. I abide. I do what God's called me to do. And you may look at your life right now and say, I don't have that. Okay. There's a new season coming, though. You say, well, I'm just going through so much pain right now. I get it. But there's a new season coming. You say, well, I feel like I'm the one being pruned right now. I get it. But that's because there's a a new season coming. You say, well, but my marriage right now, it's just not where it ought to be, I get it. But if you're trusting God and you believe in what he says, there's a new season coming. You say, "Well, well, my children though, I mean, they've got so much of that, I get it. But if you're in the hands of the vine dresser and you're trusting in him and you're leaning in him and you're trusting what he's doing and you're obeying what he says and you're choosing to be changed, there's a new season coming. And that's where your hope is. You say, God, I'm willing to change. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm sure you might be looking at your life and thinking, I don't see how in the world that could happen for me. But I am willing today to trust the vine dresser. And I do not want to be resistant I do not want to be stubborn. I do not want to measure what he says by my own strength. So I will choose to trust. I will choose to obey. And when he calls me to change, I will. I'll do what you want, God. I've been resistant, but I'll change I've had such small faith, but I'll change. I haven't believed there could be a way out, but I'll change. I haven't understood how it could all happen, but I'll change. I'll obey. I'll do what you call me to do. Father, in this moment, we are trusting you. We're not measuring our life by our ability, but by your power in us your direction in us, your life in us. And the hopes that you're awakening, the vision that you're instilling and the dreams that you're putting deep in our heart, they're from you. They come from abiding in you. They come from you abiding in us. And so today, we choose to believe. Where there's no fruit, we believe there's gonna be much fruit where there's a family member who has no clue who you are. We're praying and believing for a day they will know who you are and have fruit in their life. For the relationships where there's tension and brokenness, we are believing and praying today for the fruit of repentance and restoration. In our land today, When there seems to be a dryness like there has never been, we're we're praying for rain to fall. We're praying for fruit to come. We're praying for repentance, that there might be a new day, a new season, a new work of your spirit where it's poured out and lives are changed and you are glorified. We only have that hope because you are the one who's the vine dresser and you control the seasons. So we rest today in knowing there's a season coming. There's a new season coming. We rest in that. We find joy in that. We trust you in that. It's not about what we see. It's about what you say. It's faith beyond the moment, beyond what it looks like, beyond what it feels like. Faith in you to do the work in us. You said you'll do. We stand in that this morning. We confess all that this morning. We repent of not doing that this morning, and we worship you today. Stir our hearts, God. Draw us to yourself. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me as we worship together today. I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope it has inspired you to lift him up and live him out. If you'd like to know more about Vertical Church, check us out online at verticalchurchovilla.com. We'll see you next time.